Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Chelsea win at the Bernabeu, but were unable to hold off Real Madrid's comeback. Man City survive in Madrid in a nervy and very chippy match against a more attacking Atleti. Villarreal stunned by Munich in Germany to book their spot in the semi-finals and Liverpool advanced despite Benfica playing out a six-goal thriller at Anfield. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Good stuff, mate. And before we get into the quarterfinals, just a reminder of the Premier League predictor with NBC. That makes NBC Sports predictor part of your match week routine. Play Premier League Pick'em for free. Your chance at $50,000 jackpot predict the outcomes of Premier League matches correctly and the jackpot is yours. Score big when you download the NBC Sports Predictor app today. Okay, my friends. So the first one we're going to start with is, uh, and by the way, these quarterfinals didn't disappoint. Didn't sure. disappoint at all. And, and such a such a different watch compared to, you know, our weekly stuff, Rob, in the Premier League mm. and, and different teams from different countries with different referees. Yeah. And my goodness, um, we had some drama and, and some stories. So let's get cracking. Uh, Bernabeu in Madrid. Real Madrid 2, yeah. Chelsea 3. Real Madrid, Rob, go through 5-4 on aggregate. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think many people expected this. I mean, the, yeah, no. they expected Real Madrid to go through, but it was a really interesting game. And I remember saying on our, on our podcast, Rob, after the first leg yeah. of the game, I didn't think it was all over. Still, you know? and, yeah, uh, I've just got as a note. Musty said it wasn't all over. Which <laughs> oh, was, was, uh, it was interesting because I, I read a couple of things, listened to uh, Thomas Tuchel before the game, and he was talking about, like, we need a fantastic script. This is kind of mission impossible. But we're going in there sort of with, with everything that we've got, and we're going to lay it out, and we're going to leave it, leave it on there. And in fairness, Rob, um, they did that. They, they, mm. they did that and more, got themselves in a position despite a, a disallowed goal, which was a bit harsh, but I think we all understand the, the rules now with the handballs. But they got themselves in the 3-0 position that, that yeah. got them ahead in the tie with 15 minutes to go, Rob. And mm. then part of what's great about this competition, part of what's great about Real Madrid and the history in this competition for, for that football club is they find a way... Um, through two bits of brilliance to get themselves back in. And, and all of a sudden, Chelsea, who still then, Rob, had a few chances at the, at the end. I mean, it was incredible uh, football and, and, and drama to watch. Um, mm. and, and it was one of those days where, on reflection, Chelsea did everything they could have done, I think, in, in, in this game. I mean, it was the 3-1 loss at Stamford Bridge that basically knocked them out of the competition. You know what? Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, talk about Chelsea giving absolutely everything, Rob. Mm -hmm. I I wrote Mm -hmm. down as my notes here, and this is Chelsea superb up to here, 15 minutes left of regular time. Obviously then, um, and we we should talk about that Rodrigo goal um, in a second. But, I mean, that was was kind of Chelsea back to real. Thomas Tuchel was right. Everything Chelsea's gone off that a little bit this season yeah. in large periods of time, but they couldn't have given any more. Couldn't have given any more no. in all regards. Um, I just want to go back to the start, Rob, in terms of the formation for Chelsea. So it's a little yeah. different. I mean, mm. We did see Ruben Loftus-Cheek play in the last league game, I believe, playing a right wing. Right wing back, yeah. yeah. 
And it was kind of a similar thing. I mean, you can you can read it as different, uh, you know, systems in in possession, out possession. I thought yeah. it was predominantly, it was predominantly three three four one two oh, mount in yeah. behind the two strikers of, of Avertz and, and Timo Werner, and right. Lo- Loftusheet was really a, a right wing More back. To the right, times, yeah. times when he drift come right he into midfield, and Reese came on the outside a little, little bit. But in general, and I just looked at the team sheet. I looked at the subs, Rob, and I thought, well, there's, well, there's, you know, Aspiliqueta. We've seen that before. Mm. Aspiliqueta and Reese James on the right hand side, and they, they've actually switched who's played wing back, who's played right side, yeah. centre back. I just think the reason for Reese James being there, Vinicius Junior. Pace. Yeah. What? What? What a quick, direct, mm. tricky mm. individual. Mm. I've never seen Reese James. I mean, and by the way, Reese James on that right side. Is going to be better than Aspeliquota. He's just here yeah, quicker, for sure. yeah. Um, and anybody else who could play there. So I get playing mm. Reese James there. And then I suppose I suppose he thinks like you know Aspeliquota right wing back. Mm. I I'd prefer to have a maybe a younger, oh, athletic, energetic, yeah, attacking guy in, in Loftus mm. cheek. But Reese James versus Vinicius Junior. Wow. I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> and and I, I've never seen Reese James get left behind. Yeah, get, 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 and was flailing yeah. a little and bit. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Vinicius Junior is not one of those that you think, ah, oh, he's top level, oh, he's a major name. What a threat he was anytime he hung out on that left hand side and just when play was building up. God. It was a great outlet for a midfield player. And then, as you say, I mean, I, I thought it was a really, as you say, it was a great contest. One of them you, you could spend all night watching. I thought Rhys James at times defended him really well. And other times Vinicius showed like his pace and can go both sides, um, you know, can go on the le- outside on his left foot and make things happen. Um, it was interesting because the, the final goal uh, that ends up winning it for Real Madrid was Vinicius against Thiago Silva and got took, yeah. caught out in a right-back they position. Got caught out where, yeah, yeah, it didn't quite defend him as well. And Vinicius just sits up a lovely ball. And with the rest, mm. we know with Benzema, it was history. But yeah, it was it was a fascinating challenge. So was it, like you say, it was an interesting setup from Thomas Tuchel. And you'd have to say, Rob, for a majority of the game, it was a it was a formation that was working for the front three. It thought Mason Mount looked on his game, made some really good driving runs between the two. Timo Berner continued to work hard, gets an important goal and habits. Kind of ability to to draw people out of positions and, and his movement, I thought was excellent. I thought there was a lot of good things mm. about Chelsea, you know, for, for the majority of the game. Yeah, I liked it. I like. I mean, I think Mason mm. Mount's a brilliant player. Mm. I mean, he's just a, he's just a brilliant player wherever he plays. Really like him as a number ten, and I actually yeah. quite liked. I know Werner's Werner, and he's been on the whole a bit disappointing, given what you thought you were going to get with him. But I kind of liked him as a striker that was making yeah. runs in behind. With, of habits of movement as well. I thought they were very, very good. I mean, Real Madrid, switching to them for a second, I mean, I, I was still shocked at how passive, Rob, and how yeah, poor yeah. they were. And I know they had, of course, had up the lead and, mm. and you expect a certain amount of being a little bit cautious, but they, they, were, they weren't in the game. I mean, 3-0 down at home, like before things started to get a little bit lively in the last mm. 15 minutes of regulation yeah, time and then yeah. after injection time after that. So I was shocked at how... Yeah, poor. Um, it was probably the, Real Madrid, the performance that the reason why most people said, oh, they can't win it. It was like, well, are, are they that team anymore? Can they pull it out? But there's something about this club, isn't there? There's something about this competition, a little bit maybe like a Liverpool have in the past. Or they've had those moments, Rob, when they've almost looked like they've been out the door again and, and somehow found the way. And, and I think we have to talk about 
the the, the important goal, Rodrigo's goal, the, the ball <laughs> from Modric, Rob, is, is like... It, it basically doesn't get any better. Out of this world. It's out it doesn't of this world, get any better it? than that. I mean, his little size five or six feet, <laughs> on, you know, finds the outside of the ball and digs the ball. It's going away from one defender. It's dropping in front uh, of Rodrigo. I mean... That's art right there. That, that's it. It, yeah. it's, it's very best. And somebody said he was talking like you know we talk about Iniesta and, and Javi and you know there's Dan's in there. Modric yes. is, is certainly up and around that that level with, with that ability. I mean it was a fantastic ball. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. I mean, I mean it, it, it like wasn't positioned really mm. easily to to no. hit it with the outside. No. You had to almost dig it out between his his feet to make that ball and. And and the the line of it, and then the, the dip at the end, right into the foot, Rodrigo. Yeah. I mean, it was a ridiculous. And when you go back to a compare, I mean, God, I, I, I watched so much of Xavi for Barcelona and Iniesta. Mm. Incredible, incredible footballers. I don't know whether I can put Modric quite alongside Iniesta, but I could understand the people that might, given mm. what he's won, given the longevity, given the quality that he's shown now in his in his kind of mid thirties or whatever he is. I don't know his exact exact age. Um, but that, and that, not just that ball, Rob. We're not talking just this game. I mean, the previous game, some of the through balls he made for, for Real Madrid before is absolutely fantastic. So, um, you know, and, and I think I'm right in saying that he did, he got he got in between Messi and Ronaldo for a Ballon d'Or, didn't he? I think. I think it was the, 2008, the only player yeah, yeah, yeah. jump in there in 2018. So you've got to be a pretty special player to to get in between those two. So, no, special mention for that goal, for that pass. Because mm. up to that point, it looked like they were going out. Yeah, yeah really, really did. And that, that, of course, that sent the game then to, to extra time. Just before extra time though, Rob, I mean, Christian Pulisic. Yeah. He has two good chances, doesn't he? Of, he has two really good, good chances. chances. Yeah. Which, you know, on another day, another night, he, he, he finishes one of them. He's come on. He's, he's had an influence from, from the bench. He's, you know, he's starting to have a big influence on the team. Um, and he has a couple of good looks, which, you know, on another day, you think if one of them goes, we're, we're, we're talking very different. But we end mm. up going to extra time and then we think, OK, let, let, let's have another look at it. I just thought, Rob, Rob I wanted to mention um, one player again who, who it, 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 I didn't sort of know that much about. Camavinga, as it came on. Edward Camavinga yeah. came on as sub for, for Tony Cruz. Some player, by the way, this kid. Mm. I, I, I thought... Despite Modric, um, you know, getting our headlines with the pass, which was fantastic, and, and obviously we talked about Benzema, get, Benzema getting a winner. I thought he came on, Kamavinga, and bought a energy, a drive. He's a little bit, what, he's a little bit Edgar Davids in that kind of aggressive running style, left foot. He's got, he can do a bit of everything, can't he? he can do a bit of everything. Yeah, and he's 19 years of age, French international. He's, he's going to be some player. Yeah. And I thought he brought a bit of energy to, to the Madrid midfield when it was a day when they weren't really looking to pass away through as they had done at Stamford Bridge. And I thought he was an important player for, for Real Madrid. He just came on and, and bought something different to, to the middle of the park and started to get him in the game and, and started to make things happen. And, and then we get the moment when um, Vinicius clips a lovely ball back um, towards Benzema. It was unfortunate that uh, Rudiger seemed to lose his feet Again, brilliant movement by Benzema. Goes in, comes out, waits for the ball, and then goes and attacks it. And the mm. moment he, he, he was on his head, you're thinking goal because you just realise this guy doesn't miss those kind of opportunities. I, I just think it was a 
it was a different Real Madrid, Rob, wasn't it? You know, mm. from 80 onwards where they get back in the game, it goes, yeah. that was kind of the Real Madrid we all expected a little bit. Maybe not quite like that because they got the lead. Um, did Chelsea, Rob, did they just tire a little bit in the end? They could have to... run out of legs a little bit. I mean, they put so much in, Rob, and, and, and they worked so well. And they created so many opportunities, to, to be honest. Um, I think on the night, I, I made a note, that's 21 shots, seven on target to Madrid, six shots, four on target. I think it was 10 corner kicks to Chelsea, one to, to yeah. Real Madrid. So they, really you know, they, they were on really it, weren't well. they? They were pushing it. And, and in all that, that's happening in the Premier League, in games and, and, and the, the, the kind of fixture list at the moment, you can understand a little bit why maybe there was there was a few tied legs. But we still had chances, Rob, again. Havertz mm. has a great mm. header from um, from across yeah. from these games. Can't get on and target. Jorginho... Mm. Takes a touch and pulls yeah. one with his left foot late on there. On another day with his ability, he might just have found the back of the net. Yeah, it, it was a it was a brilliant performance from Chelsea. It really, really was. He couldn't have done a lot more. I, I thought it's another example. I know that Antonio Rudiger. I think yeah. Real Madrid are one of the teams that I thought he was a. <laughs> I thought he played outstanding. I mean, he, he's some player, Rob. Quick. He likes a shot now. He had another dipping shot. Yeah, wasn't too yeah. far away. I mean, he's a man amongst men, isn't he? As a defender, I just thought he was he was mm. fantastic. The midfield two competition canter. I mean, there was not much not to like about Chelsea. I felt from a little bit at the end because they yeah. put so much into it in a situation where nobody thought they would go through. Um, just another example, Rob, of Thomas Tuchel that this hasn't been quite as we expected this season. To be fair, no. you know, last season I thought with Lukaku coming in. And, we can talk yeah, to can, Lukaku, can I talk to Lukaku a little bit, Rob? I just thought it was mm. again a night. So I'm looking at the result. You're looking at the result. You're thinking that last 15 minutes. Now again, he's injured at the moment. I think he's got some kind of cough or, or something. Yeah, injured. Achilles or something. Achilles. Mm. But um, when you talk about this Chelsea team that won the Champions League without Lukaku, and you get him in, and you pay 125 million dollars or something, 90 million pounds, he comes in. He scores goals initially, has a little bit, I think, of a knock or two. We have the interview that seemed to have blown everything up. He's met, things haven't been quite right since then. He was bought, he was bought for nights like mm. last night, wasn't he? He was bought for the last 15 minutes of nights like last night. He was bought to do what Benzema did for Real Madrid to do to Chelsea, because Chelsea won the Champions League already before he came. So he was bought to get them closer to the Premier League title and further and stronger in the, in the Champions League. There's a big void being left by him not being fit and available right now. There's a void at that football club. There's a centre-forward missing. That we're saying Werner's doing well. And t- uh, Werner's trying his, his best and you know he's coming hopefully into a bit of form. Havertz is, is improving as a centre-forward. But really, you've got a top-class centre-forward who should be getting you 25 to 30 goals in these competitions. And it's not... Now... I'm not sure where, where Chelsea are going to go from here, Rob, with, with, with Lukaku. Is he going to be rehabilitated and brought back in, uh, into the fold? Is, is he good enough? Is he ready? Does he want to be that player? Or I've, heard, I've heard this week like PSG got mentioned and one or two people like, hmm, wonder if is it going to be a time where he's going to be moved on? I think it's best for all if he moves on. Thomas Tuchel ain't going anywhere. The new owner, and you read all about the new owners, who potentially they could be, pretty much all of them are saying a key factor is keeping Thomas Tuchel. Done a brilliant job. Now, 
you know, whether there's a fallout personally, I don't know. But there's, there seems to be between his disappointment in general with his performances, between the interview, between the sense that Lukaku's unhappy with the way it goes at Chelsea and the way they're playing. If PSG are going to come and pay, what, what would they pay, Rob? 60, 70? 60, million 70, pounds, maybe. Yeah, like so maybe 90, 90 million, million dollars. dollars. Mm. I would think it's best to, to cash in and look something else. On the same topic, Rob, and I couldn't agree more, Timo Werner has been disappointing a little bit. Now, he, he's, like you said, he's, he's, he was bright in this game and there's moments where he looks really good and scores goals, hits the post of the day, the midweek, the, 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 the Premier League week. But it's been disappointing. Kai Havertz, like him, started to show a little bit now. But again, he's still not like a, a finished end product. Lukaku was meant to be that person. Now, three strikers that for whatever reason are not quite ready to go and do the business at the mm. top end, at the, at the real business end, like like Benzema does and others have done that. So that's probably what's hurt them this season in the Premier League. It's what's hurt them in this competition as well, though, though, because other parts of the team's pretty blimmin' mm. good, Rob, from mm. goalkeeper through back defenders, through wingbacks, with some injuries, of course, midfield players, good options. It's just that one striker's... Um, is a is, is is not clicked into place. You expect one of those three to be the guy to get them 25, 20, or 20 Premier League goals and other competitions goals, important goals in the big competitions. That's not really happened. So whether a new ownership will sanction the sale of Lukaku and and and, and add money to bring in a different striker, mm. uh, I think that'll be the best scenario. But again, Man City, Man United, who doesn't? Arsenal, who who doesn't want a new centre forward? So as ever, it's going to be very very difficult. Um, but yeah, that that's a position that's that's ultimately cost them a little bit this season. Okay, my friend, let's move it on to Atletico Madrid v Manchester City. I think this was a a game that many of us would anticipate. Not not least the contrasting styles, contrasting managers. Going to Atleti, one of the most difficult places to go in Europe. Um, I actually watched more, more of the Liverpool game. I know you kept your eye on oh. this one. So enlighten oh. me with all that went oh. on with Mr. Simeone et al. Oh, <laughs> crikey. Rob, first off, I, of course, the game's gone at the same time. We have to split, yeah. really, what we keep our eye on to do the podcast right after the Champions League games, which is what we want to do. Yeah. Um, oh, Rob, I mean... I don't know where to start. I mean, I, we knew, and there's some good parts of this, by the way. Obviously, nil-nil. Yeah. Away from I mean, Man City at the end, Rob, are, 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 are hanging on by a thread, really, in all aspects of emotions, mm. of physicality, the chances that Atletico forced in the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. It was a very different game from the first leg, Rob, where, you know, we talked about the 5 5 0. Yeah. yeah the- Parked a massive bus mm. and really like, that's the way we're going to do this. We're going to park a massive bus to try and keep it uh, damage limitation. It was 1-0. Okay. Yeah. And then we're going to go crazy at their new stadium with a, with a, which a, with a fan, fan mm-hmm. base that's crazy revved up. Base, up yeah. The manager yeah. said it's us against <laughs> the world and everybody complains about 5-5-0, the, the, the system that they played and everybody hates the way we play. Siege mentality. Mm. And Man City got full thrust like crazy aggressive Atletico Madrid. Crazy aggressive Atletico Madrid. There was a challenge with Felipe, the central defender, 
one of the three of them, that went, he, he smashed into the back of Phil Foden. Phil Foden's got a, a head injury. Um, and to, I think most people was like, wow, that's not a yellow card. From that moment, I, I didn't write the minute down, but it was pretty early in the game. I'm thinking, oh, this could get ugly. If this is a German referee, yeah. if this referee thinks that that's just a foul when there's tons of aggression in it, Rob, yeah, and follow yeah. through, and one of the headboards, he's not, he's never going to head it. Hammers yeah, through the back of the I'm like, this is, it's going to be one of those games. And it was, it absolutely was, Rob. And I got to say, first off, I'm going to quickly say, I, I, I got to, I got to love the spirit of the team, Madrid and the stadium. And, and mm. it's probably driven by the manager. I love, <clears throat> you know, I was like, as a player, Rob, I, I was more of a, a worker and a, and a yeah. fighter, and, yeah. you yeah. know, and I, and, I, and I try and get into opponents and stuff like that. It, it was, it was all of that and more. But I think on that point, Rob, just just to to, to make sure you, I, I'm understanding you and, and our views. Yeah. And you're saying the spirit and the drive, but not going over the top, but but being with, within the right emotional control of, of everybody, sort of focused and, and doing doing more than it do. Yeah, uh, um, I like that. But yeah. they crossed the line, Rob. They crossed the line. And the referee, in my opinion, and there's others out there that will feel there's mm. nothing wrong with that. You know, you you got to play at your strengths, and that's being aggressive and physical against City. And I get that. And there was mm. as physical I've ever seen a team against. Well, I won't say a Pep team because Jose Mourinho got Real re- Madrid yeah, 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 up that season when yeah. they won the, the league. They, but for certainly this season and for many seasons, a Pep Man City Rob got. I mean, every single challenge was a little little bit left on yeah. it. Yeah. Nick I remember, at the end, got pushed towards his goalkeeper to jump over him. Phil Foden, with nobody around him. Stefan Savage, by the way, absolute crazy man. <laughs> like, we know he's at Man City. Yeah, we know yeah, it didn't yeah. work out. Mm. He wasn't wanted there. I mean, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Mm. He barged into Phil Foden many times. Kevin De Bruyne went off with an injury. With an injury, yeah. Kyle Walker cleared Kyle Walker. a ball. Yeah, and, and and the player was it Urente, another super aggressive player. I'm not sure it was him. Kind of followed through a little bit. I mean, to be fair, that didn't look that nasty. But yeah. I, I don't know what happened to, to, to Carl Walker, but he mm. looked like he was really struggling. Rob, that's a concern. So those two players yeah. initially. Yeah, I saw that. There was yeah. another challenge on Phil Foden towards the end, Rob, where he's going down the line, and it was uh, it was mm. Felipe comes across, Pro- makes a really good tackle, yeah. and then tries to volley him on his way down from from the air. And, and gets the second yellow after almost a fight. Savage came across and pulled by the back of his shirt, folding to try and pull him off the field. You had you had the subs getting involved, a big melee then with Savage then grabs the, the hair of Grealish, of, Grealish, uh, right? Grealish. I mean, it was it was too far, Rob. It was over mm. the top, and yeah. I blame the referee for not being a little stronger earlier mm. in the game when. Like he had the chance to control it. So when you know Simeone is the same guy on the sideline, yeah, yeah. running up and down, the fans he's revving the fans up and he's giving yeah. it all that. And, and I want to I stress, I love that. I, 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 I think it's a bit of a clown show, to be honest, um, Simeone. But it's his way, yeah, and he gets yeah. the fans involved, and they yeah. were chomping at the bit, and the players were revved up. But it just went over the top. Where there's, I think there's two players injured for City, potentially yeah. more. Phil Foden. I guess is okay. He finished the game, but mm. the uber aggressive, and I, I've just never seen. I haven't seen a game like that in this competition because this yeah. competition, Rob, is yeah, often normally, yeah. very soft Can't and very gentle, that, yeah. And, yeah. and less so than you see in the Premier League as a comparison. Mm. This was way more than you'd see in the Premier League. It just, it just was. 
Um, Apparently there's video out as well, Robert, the two players at the tunnel at the end of the game, I think, yelling at each other, there's a little bit of push and shove, apparently the police had to come in, make sure both sets of players were going in the right direction. I saw Pep after the game, actually, and he... he I haven't was, seen it, I haven't chance to see what he said. Yeah, he, he, he was very proud of his group, in terms of what they stood up for, the spirit, the control they had on the game. He said he didn't want to talk about Atleti at all, and the way they play, and the way they do things. He said, I'm going to leave that for others to do, but this was... An important day for Man City. I think it's sort of like you know third semi-final for him in the Champions League. Now you know it's a big step for this football club, and they've come to a difficult place and got the job done. He said the consequences of the of the win is the worry, the injuries, yeah. and the other things that that could come out of it. He, obviously, we'll have to wait and see how things over the next couple of days. Obviously, they've got a big FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool on Saturday. Uh, to yeah, come. So yeah, difficult time. Maybe- Remember me saying, Rob, um, after the first leg, uh, oh, I can't, I've, I've lost my train of thought now. It was, uh, oh yeah, I, I remember saying that, in my opinion, there's two teams that that can beat Man City. Yeah. Man City yeah. One was Atletico Madrid. That's and they almost, they, yeah. the other yeah. one's Liverpool, which we might see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they gave it such a, such a fierce go, Rob. I, it was, it was, Incredible. And I've got to say this mm. as well, by the way. This isn't all, and I don't want people to, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that think, you know, Man City players jump on all over the place. There was extreme yeah. physicality, Rob. But what yeah. I liked about this, at the end of the game, uh, the fans in that stadium, that you'd thought they'd just won the competition, Rob. So the game had finished. I think yeah. the City players had gone in. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a really good shots of the Athletic players just standing and mm. watching a, a, a an amazing atmosphere in that stadium of appreciation, of clapping, mm. of singing, of jumping around. The whole stadium was in appreciation of this team, and it was kind of yeah. a really powerful image of some of these players not not looking sad, not mm. clapping the fans for the, just just stood as like they couldn't have given any more. Yeah. Again, yeah. for me, they yeah. crossed the line. The referee mm. lost control of it, yeah. but there's something about the spirit, the fact that. You know they'll get away with what they can get away with, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they'll try and do it their way. There, there's a sense that that in, in maybe in football that, that Man City are the, you know, the posh kind of, you know, the the past master, yeah, aristocrats. other teams that try and mm. do it their way, and this mm. was a great example of that, and a brilliant match where I got to be honest, I'm on this, I'm at home. Uh, or I'm downstairs, and I'm like, guy, you, you can't get... And so when <laughs> Fernandinho comes on, Rob, I'm like, Fernandinho, they needed Fernandinho, Rob, yeah, to have yeah, yeah, just... some muscle. Some, and, yeah. and the aggressive tactics were, I don't know, it was it was, it was, was a fun watch in, so, in such a different way. And i got to say, before yeah. I shut up about this game, they had chances at the end. I mean, they mm-hmm. fought. I've never seen... I mean, City were... So were Edison made a great save, didn't he? I saw Edison make a great save. It could have uh, gone to extra time. Yeah, yeah. could have gone to extra time. And then who knows, by the way? Mm. Because that, that is a fierce environment. And Pep, like you said, Pep, should be proud. If it, getting yeah. the players through that, if yeah. they can get through that, by the way, mm. wow, that's a, that's a good sign for the future. I think the shame for Simeone and that group of players, and sometimes the club is, that it gets a, a bad rap because it does go over the top, because he's a little bit... More than it's extreme, than, extreme, extreme. Tactics. And, and and you know, there's something about spirit, there's something about when you're not maybe as technically good as your opposition, then you have to make up for it in other ways. But once you start going over the lines and, and it becomes 
too aggressive and, and too physical, then I think you lose a, a lot of um, goodwill. And I think sometimes that's the, the state uh, for Simeone because it, it's uh, yeah, it, it's all governed by how much he's going to allow. And, and it's um, it, it's obvious at times that, that, that they go a little bit over, over the mark. But great win for City into the semi-final. Just a quick kind of mm. thought to Real Madrid, Manchester City. I mean... Real Madrid ain't going to come with those same tactics. That's going to be a pure football game, isn't it? And what we know with the with, with Madrid already, Rob, is they can have moments, can't they? They're a moments team. Yeah, they are. Um, I think they'll be. I think they'll be forced in some ways to be passive in terms of possession. I think City. Mm. It's going to be a, a, a such a different sort of game than the two yeah. legs in the quarterfinals of Man City against Atleti. So it's going to be very, very different. I've got to say, I think in some ways could be totally wrong it could be easier i think yeah. it could be easier yeah. than that game given the matchup given the problems that we knew w- what was going to happen and it absolutely did happen over the two legs i mean one nil rob just one goal yeah. separating yeah. the two teams Between, yeah. um, i just think that the, the real madrid superb benzema can he keep doing it maybe he can and with the experience that they've got the know-how in this competition of course you know, it's not going to be easy for, for yeah. Man City, but I just think it will be, it will be, I fancy City to go through and I don't think it'll be as tight as it was against Atleti. But again, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll what, see. What, a bit of time between now and those injuries and all yeah. those things. We, we don't quite know who'll be fit for both teams. But yeah, another classic game, that one, I think, coming up in the semi-final. Just before we go to Liverpool, mate... Uh, Let's have a quick word for Unai Emery, our, our great friend from the uh, <laughs> former Arsenal manager Villarreal, who pulled off one of the performances of the Champions League's quarterfinals um, to get a 1-1 draw in Munich, having won one nil in, in Villarreal to, to get take them through on a 2-1 aggregate. Um, I think you talked about it before on the podcast, and you look, you, look, you know, I looked through the Valencia team, and, and it mm-hmm. isn't an oddball of mix of players who've not been seen to be good enough in the Premier League. You've got a manager who's not seen to have been good enough, certainly for a club of Arsenal standing, who works his magic, Rob, does his thing. Yeah. However, he, he gets to his players. He, he has them well organised, well set up. Um, I've seen him train once. Um, he was over here with the Arsenal team and they went to the LA Galaxy and I, I went and watched training. And he's like, he's as involved in training as any player. He's talking to people, he's backing into defenders. He's all in. He's a real football man. And, and you get that sense mm. about him. And mm. his team have done him proud against a Bayern Munich team. And some may have said, would be, you know, maybe quite favours the team. If, if a, an English team wasn't going to win it, maybe Munich were the side. Um, mm. He's put them out and, and give Villarreal a chance to, to face um, somebody in the semi-finals. You can't keep a good man down, Rob, can you? I mean, it's, it's obvious now that he's a good manager. And when you look back, and hindsight's such a, a valuable thing, isn't it? When you look back at the Arsenal team, Rob, it's been absolutely carved apart by, yeah. by Mikel Teta. It's absolutely yeah. like he, he went in there and like these, some of these players are not good not, enough. Yeah. Not, they're not the right type. And to be fair to Unai Emery, he had to try and work with those players. And then it obviously became apparent that it yeah. needed a total rebuild. Yeah which Arteta's kind of well on the way to doing. Mm. So when you look back and you sort of, we, you got a bit of ridicule. I remember yeah. there were games when I remember, I remember uh, talking about them saying, wow, what is going on here? There's so many spaces everywhere and they got caught on the counter-attack. So it was a bit of a mess and yeah. it didn't go well for him. But, you know, he did have to work with players that have since left. Mm. And 
it w- couldn't have been it's very much about attitude, wasn't it? Then ability, you when you think of the Mesut yeah. and obviously we've seen Obama Yang that's gone on class in arch, and one or two we believe were Ever Louis, Louis, yeah, there. a bit of unrest in the dressing room. So, well, fair play to him, as you say, can't keep a good man down. And I only takes Villarreal into the semi finals, and it was all Amazing. about who they were going to face, my friend. Um, Liverpool were 3 1 up from the first leg in Benfica away from home. Um, Ended up with 3-3 draw this game, Rob, which was a little surprising, I have to say. Uh, Liverpool got themselves up to 3-1 at one point in the game and then kind of got a little sloppy. Um, Someone won't make point two. So just, just, you know, going back to the start of the game, Liverpool made seven changes from the team that played at Manchester City at the weekend. So the only players that, that um, played were Alisson, Matip, uh, Henderson and Jota were the only four that played. So Gomez came in at right back. Kanate and Simikas uh, made up the back four. Keita and Milner joined Henderson in midfield. In Diaz, Firmino and Jota were the front three. So you, obviously the depth, the depth of, of quality now at Liverpool is starting to see. It was probably I wouldn't wouldn't quite say it's a B team, but maybe it's an A minus team. It's not all the big yeah. hitters like some Mane and Salah starting on the bench. So it was a good chance to look at them. And, and I mean, got 1-0 one, one up. Uh, Kanate, another header, similar to the one he scored in the first game this time, just muscled his way through, gets them 1-0 up. Um, I think it's, uh, they, they conceded a, a goal about half, half an hour into the, um, into the game, 1-1. Not a great uh, goal to concede. Uh, I think came off Milner, was a bit of an offside. Is he, is he not offside? It looked like come off Milner last... Um, anyway, he, he just on side scored to make it one-one, and then into the second half, Liverpool. At, at, at one point, I was thinking, are they just trying to play the game out? weren't quite sure, like were they really going for it or not? But then they they started to play, got themselves up to one. Bobby Firmino with with a lovely finish after some errors from the Benfica defence, and then he gets himself a second from a, a lovely free kick from Simicast. Technique volley punches it in. Uh, to put some two one up, and at this point you're thinking the game's safe. Uh, they start playing a little bit of football in midfield, but but got a bit sloppy with it. You know where it was. Yeah. I think Jurgen Klopp will be a little disappointed that they didn't then control the game with possession. Um, Started to get a little bit sloppy. And it's a Benfica team that were well set up four two three one, good up, good with the ball, nice structure and, and distances without the ball, and and it wasn't easy. it was never kind of an easy game for Liverpool. And they conceded one at three two. Your own check, I think, is uh, got three two. And then this this young player, Darwin Nunes. I don't know. He's a twenty two year old Uruguayan. Who they're all talking about. I think he's like 29, 30 goals now this season. Uh, twenty two years of age. He's a player, Rob. He had probably I think two, or he could possibly have three goals disallowed on the night. Scored a lovely goal, and it, and he's a bit of a player. Almost, strange enough, you, you can see playing for Liverpool, he can play anywhere across the front line. Front line. Lovely drift and, and movement. And I suppose for me, the biggest worry, I would say, or the, the, the biggest concern maybe for, for Jurgen Klopp is conceding three goals at home is not particularly great luck. And that high line again, Rob, I thought was a problem. So that was still evident, even with all the changes. But yeah, you, you're now talking Gomez, Matip, Canute and, and Simicas, who, you know, there was no pressure on the ball at times. They're holding that high line. They're getting runners coming from deep. And, and they've obviously worked on 
number of runners coming from behind midfield. Cater got caught out a couple of times, not following his man. And, and it was causing Liverpool real problems. Now, I, th- I remember we had Jürgen Klopp at the desk, didn't we? And he talked about the profile of his football club and they weren't going to go too far away from that. And they want to press to comp- make the, the pitch compact. But there is times where it doesn't all look vulnerable. Does not have to look if you time mm. runs like Benfica did today and get deep runners coming from yeah, midfield and causing well. problems. Man-tick yeah, did. now I know yeah. they believe in Matip and Van Dijk often going two for two when the fullbacks are in, and I know they believe in their press and their ability to disrupt the opposition. But it is something that I don't know. Just as we get into the business end of the season, it just mm. feels a little bit like it, it's a little bit of an Achilles heel they might have to address mm. as, as they go. Obviously. The quadruple's still there, and I know they're not talking about it, but the media will continue to do so. Uh, lots of games coming up, lots of competitions. It's just something I think we'll keep an eye on, and, and whether they'll continue to do it, or maybe there's a little bit of drop-off. I'm not saying to, to drop deep and sit on the 18-yard box, but maybe when somebody picks his head up, Rob, can we drop four or five drop. yards, just give ourselves a little bit of space and not have that that distance for, for attackers to run into? Yeah, it's, it's not... It's, it's not... The high line is, is, is a great thing to have, mm. right? And mm. Strikers can't go in behind you because they'll be offside, yeah. but they, they make runs. And I think, you know, obviously there's a balance there, right? Because I've played in back fours not many times, but a few times. And if a player makes a, a, an early run in behind, you're offside. So the main yeah. thing is offside, trying to keep players offside. Mm. But of course, you know, better teams, sometimes you do have to drop off when the, when the ball's about to be played and the guy's making run, you've got to drop off with him. That doesn't seem to happen very much. They, 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 they hope for an offside. They hope that the, the, mm-hmm. the timing of the run is just off. And then, of course, when it's not, uh, when the timing's very good, they get in behind. So it's a, it's a calculated thing, Rob, because obviously, you know, having a high line helps you press, helps you stay yeah. compact. It helps you with territory and being advanced forward. So there's mm-hmm. there's, there's two sides to it. And, and we have to wait and see whether at the, the, the business end of the, all the competitions that are still in, whether yeah. that ends up hurting them or whether it, it's absolutely fine and they still win games and they might concede some goals, but it's worth having that high line and a little bit yeah. of vulnerability. Well, quite a bit of vulnerability that, mm-hmm. that, it, that it gives them, yeah. um, you know, on balance of things at the end of it all. It's a bit of risk-reward for them. It was interesting. So the subs did come. Thiago came on for Milner. Fabinho came on for Henderson. Salah came on for Jota. And um, Mane came on for Diaz in the end. So he did make some rotations. And it was interesting, actually, just before uh, the final whistle, uh, Mo Salah got a ball on the right-hand side, dinked inside, uh, as you'd expect, that left foot. Bender, and, and he hit one, Rob, with just so like, inches over the ball. And you kind of looked at his face and you almost felt like he could have done with that. Just get the sense mm. he needs a goal now, just as we get to this run in and, and obviously, um, you know, getting to the, the, the business end of all the competitions. You just want Mo Salah in his best goal scoring form to make Liverpool, you know, a real threat. Um, but yep, yeah, they got the job done. Uh, be interesting to see how Jurgen Klopp mixes the pot over the FA Cup coming up at, at, on Saturday. It's an early kickoff, and I know he's had words that he's not too happy about some of the scheduling he's saying of games and especially when you have a big game on Wednesday that you have an early kickoff on Saturday. But fortunately, that's the way it is. Um, his squad's a little bit bigger. And so we'll, we'll see if he, if he reverts back to, you know, some of those big boys who, who got a rest today or who only had sort of a few minutes towards the end of the match before they play City, who, who themselves have got a few injury problems. So uh, interesting one to look forward to. So Liverpool get a chance to play Villarreal in their semi-final. You have to see Liverpool. I know and I've done some brilliant things, but... To get past Liverpool in the semi-finals would be as big as it goes for him, wouldn't it? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, two semi-finals with those two teams from England, mm. Man City, Liverpool, that mm. we talked at, uh, at the Etihad Rob the weekend. We sort of said, yeah. like, are these the best two teams, you know, around right now, anywhere? And you're like, could could possibly, could could absolutely be right that. So mm. you'd expect them to get through against VRAR, but I, I, and I'm sure Liverpool won't yeah. underestimate Murray Murray. He, 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 he knows Liverpool. He's got some players, as you said, that could hurt them on the counter-attack. We know the high line is, is can, you know, make him a little vulnerable. But you, you that being said, a semi-final of the Champions League, again for Liverpool, you would think they'd be on it. And I know they've got tons of other games and stuff, but yeah. I mean, we're, this is big time stuff now. I mean, this is history. You know, winning these trophies, Rob, is, is it's, you're, it's in the, you're in the trophy cabinet yeah. and it's history. Yeah. And how many times have we won it compared to others, Man United or whatever? You know, so it, it, you'd think Villarreal, I mean, they, the last time I looked, they were seventh in La Liga. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, you, you'd think that for me, Man City will get through and Liverpool will get through. And maybe it's not what people want to see in the Champions League. Um, and it's always fun to see teams against other countries. Yeah, teams. other countries, yeah. I think given all that we've seen, mm. that would make most sense. Can you can you think, any, or think anything else would happen? I can't, to be honest. And, and again, we, we talked about it. The third time in four years we've got an all-English final, which shows the strength of the Premier League. Uh, strength of coaching, I think, the, the, the people who, who are running the teams in the Premier League now. And, you know, you have to go back to the Manchester United eras, um, maybe Chelsea's eras when we have this kind of dominance. So, um, great for English football, but I'm sure both managers are tell you. Still not done yet. To, yeah. Two, yeah, it's not done yet. No, absolutely two, not. You know, two tough games in semi-finals, And as we've seen, you know, Villarreal will be tactically well set up. It won't be an easy day. To Liverpool and Real Madrid, we know, listen, they've got the yep. little magician in midfield and they've got the fellow up front who can't stop scoring. So, um, I'm sure um, Carlo Angelotti will have, will have a little plan for that um, for Manchester City. Um, they may have the ball, but maybe can counter and, and hit them with pace. So, lots to look forward to, my friend, but we'll, we'll wrap up this midweek podcast where Liverpool and City get the job done, move to the semi-finals. Chelsea, they gave it all. But the magic of Modric and the brilliance of Ben Zima proved too much. We'll be back on Sunday, that's April the 17th. We'll review some important Premier League games and the FA Cup semi-finals where Chelsea face Palace and Manchester City and Liverpool they go at it again. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good, good night. night.